Star Wars 7x7 episode 3178. Today on our deep dive for The Mandalorian, we learn a lot of things about the New Republic in The Convert, which is chapter 19 or season 3, episode 3 if you prefer. And it also ties into a lot of other Star Wars storytelling. So we're going to look at what we are learning about the New Republic and about those connections on today's episode. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So, I want to start out by saying, first of all, that I don't trust Elia Kane. Um, and once again, let's just give massive kudos to Kitty O'Brien for such an intense and fanatical performance as the former Imperial Communications Officer with some very mysterious agenda going on. But when she says to Dr. Pershing that the New Republic means well but it's struggling, it's really hard to take her at face value knowing what happens for the rest of the episode. However, there may be some truth to what she says. Of course, there's all the Star Wars storytelling that's come since. I'm thinking also of Bloodline by Claudia Gray, which granted takes place more than a decade after the events of this episode, but still. We also have evidence to consider that as possibly accurate within storytelling already. For example, going all the way back to the very first episode of The Mandalorian, <laughs> when the Mandalorian is referring to the New Republic as a joke, or at least what Grief Karga says about <laughs> talking to the New Republic as a joke about the Empire having a presence on Navarro. And considering the description that introduces each issue of the Mandalorian Season 1 adaptation comic book series, where Rodney Barnes says that lawlessness has spread throughout the galaxy, out of this, we can paint a picture that's probably not unfamiliar, right? Maybe the idea that the New Republic has more of a foothold the closer you get to the core, but the further away you get, like in the Outer Rim, for example, things might be a little more up for grabs in that way. We even kind of get that idea from Paul Sun-Yung Lee. Hope I'm saying that right, or close to right. He plays Carson Teva, one of the X-Wing pilots that we've met a couple of times, and in one of the only scenes that we've yet to see in this season of The Mandalorian so far uh, from teasers and trailers, he has that line where he says something you know big is happening out there, and before you... <laughs> take action on it, it's going to be too late. So yeah, maybe our former comms officer is right from a certain point of view that the New Republic may be struggling. So that's one aspect of the New Republic that we learn about in this most recent episode of The Mandalorian. Another ties into things that we saw in Alphabet Squadron, the trilogy of novels by Alexander Freed. If you've read those, then this will be a refresher, and if not, then... <laughs> This will be enough to get us by. There's a character in there, an Imperial by the name of Soren Keys, who is leading what remains of his group of Imperials Shadow Wing on a mission that will hopefully, from their perspective, destroy the records that the Empire, now the New Republic, has of Imperials so that way they have the opportunity to go free and live their lives and not have to worry about looking over their shoulders and get a chance for a fair shake in terms of, you know, what the punishment might have been meted out against them by the New Republic could have been. 
Now that whole thing bears on the conversation that the former Imperial folks are having around the picnic table in that concrete courtyard when Dr. Pershing happens upon them and they talk about how the deal that they've gotten from the New Republic is way better than the Empire would have given them if the tables were turned. There's a reintegration program and there's an amnesty program and then there's a system for checking up on all of these officers and how they're getting along in the new system, which yes, granted is kind of cold <laughs> and impersonal with a droid asking the same random set of questions over and over again. But let's be clear about it as well. Even though they're talking about reintegration and about amnesty, the audio description refers to that office building where Pershing goes for his interviews with the robot as a parole office. So <laughs> they're still considered criminals, it sounds like, at some level, and that they're now just being reintroduced into society, but as former criminals. They don't make it seem like these folks were in prison for any amount of time though, which it may or may not be unusual, but then there's also something that perhaps they didn't go through, which is a war tribunal, or maybe they did, that seems like it may be reserved for more unrepentant folks like Moff Gideon, who we find out seemingly escaped on his way to a war tribunal, or perhaps that's just a cover story for the possibility that he was sent through a mind flare, and we'll talk about that in a moment or two. It could be that everybody gets the war tribunal, and from there they decide whether you are going to prison, or whether you can go through a reintegration program, or you can apply for an amnesty thing, or something like that. I'm Thinking also back to Alphabet Squadron as well and what Erica Quell had to go through with her time as part of New Republic Intelligence, but then she did eventually have to get sort of repatriated, if you will, after all of the events of that trilogy. She certainly earned her freedom in a way that I don't think any of the folks that we meet in this episode have, though. Meanwhile, another aspect of the New Republic situation that ties into The Last Jedi has to do with the fact that there are certain groups of people who do not care what side is in power. They are just going to go about their business regardless. So in The Last Jedi, you may recall how DJ provides a lesson to our resistance heroes that the wealthy folks who are war profiteering are selling material to the New Republic and to the First Order. It doesn't matter whether they're good or bad, they're just going to sell to them regardless. That more or less matches up with the philosophy of the socialites we meet outside the opera house after Dr. Pershing gives his little talk, right? One of them mentions, oh, you know, it's the New Republic or it's the Empire, and oh, we try to stay out of it. They, of course, are quite happy with their lifestyle as it is, which seems to be a very rich and famous lifestyle, if you will. And so they're not going to let a change in government affect how they are getting to live their lives. And a last thing I want to flag about the way the New Republic is operating happens to tie into the Andor series. We talked about how the plight of Cyril and the plight of Dr. Pershing is similar in that once they are taken out of their dream jobs, they are put into cubicles and have to deal with assignments that are definitely below their level of expertise. But in particular for Dr. Pershing, he discovers that one of the things he's doing is archiving Imperial technology that is to be disposed of. And his reaction is, but some of this technology could actually be useful. Now this ties in a little bit to our discussion yesterday about whether he 
actually is operating from a good place. And I do want to believe that he is, that he actually has good intentions at heart about this. But it put me in mind of Nemec in Andor and how he talked about the fact that using Imperial technology makes the rebels vulnerable. And Luthen, in a similar fashion, talks about something that you have 100% control over, right? So the device that Nemec is showing to Cassian, and Cassian's like, oh, that's old tech. And Nemec is like, yeah, it's solid, and yeah, it may be complicated, but once you learn how to use it, you're free. It seems like the New Republic is operating on a similar principle of Nemec's in that they are trying to dispose of Imperial technology and they're using Dr. Pershing to help with that, but, but not entirely. And we get a demonstration of why it's a bad thing to hold on to this stuff. Ironically, in fact, because the device that they put Dr. Pershing into near the end of the episode he describes as a mind flayer, but according to the technician, if they use it at very low levels, it can actually be useful for alleviating the traumatic effects of Imperial indoctrination. And that technician is like, I've used it myself and I think it's great. So sure, that <laughs> may in fact be the case, but as we see from leaving Elliot Kane alone with the device, it can still be used for nefarious purposes and used to its utter and complete destructive potential. So Dr. Pershing gets a rather ironic example of how relying on Imperial technology, even if it could be used for good purposes, will be a very bad thing indeed. So that's what I've got for you today on a deeper dive into Chapter 3 of The Mandalorian, what we've learned about the New Republic and how these various elements tie into other Star Wars storytelling, and that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it. As always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.